This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with Shannon Izinga, executive director of the Gubbio Project. It allows homeless people to sleep during the day in city churches. We're talking today about the city's homeless crisis, why sleep is such a big issue for people living on the streets, and what you can do to help. Shannon Izinga, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to see you. So for people who don't know what the Gubbio Project is, can you give a brief description and a, and a history of this amazing uh, project that exists in San Francisco oh, that yeah. a lot of people don't know about? Absolutely, yeah. We are sort of a, a well-kept secret, for better or worse. So the Gubbio Project's mission is to be in community with and to provide safe, sacred, sanctuary, and compassionate respite to our unhoused neighbors. Um, we work in partnership with St. Boniface Catholic Church in the Tenderloin and St. John the Evangelist in the Mission. And every day we open the doors of the sanctuary for approximately 320 of our homeless neighbors to come in and take part in what we call sacred sleep. Um, most folks living on the street, I would say all, are not getting any kind of quality sleep. Uh, and we all know that chronic sleep deprivation leads to all kinds of health conditions mm -hmm. and mental health conditions. So Gubbio, we're, we're meeting a, a really important need. We tend to the physical, social, psychological, spiritual needs of our guests. So mm -hmm. in addition to the sleep program, we also have, um, we have mobile health clinics that come in and we provide spiritual support and chaplaincy support. We can make referrals to other social services. We hand out supplies. That's a really big piece of what we mm -hmm. do in this time of year. That's very much needed, blankets, ponchos, socks, toiletries. Mm -hmm. And at the core is providing community and honoring the inherent dignity and worth of every one of our unhoused neighbors here mm -hmm. in the city. I love the phrase sacred sleep. Can you define what that means to you? Sacred sleep. Um, well, it's it's sacred on, on many levels. It's sacred and then, of, of course, it's happening in a religious space. Mm -hmm. So folks are coming in and they're sleeping on the pews in St. Boniface. And, and also at St. Boniface, mass goes on while folks are sleeping. Folks mm -hmm. aren't asked to leave when church starts. People are worshiping right alongside folks that are, are resting. Mm -hmm. And at St. John's, people come in and they rest on mats because we don't have pews there. Um, tending to sleep is, is a sacred act and it is core to our well-being uh, mm -hmm. on every level. Yeah. You've uh, been on the job for two months, you mm -hmm. said, almost tomorrow. exactly. Yep. Tomorrow, okay. Um, <laughs> where were you working before that? Just wanted to get a quick bio of you and how yeah. you wound up here. So immediately prior to being here, I was directing academic programs at Star King School for the Ministry at the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley. Um, I actually studied there as well, got my Master's of Divinity there, and they are a a wonderful, progressive, social justice, multi-religious um, training for people looking to do good work in the world. Mm -hmm. 
And prior to that, I was living in the Central Valley, working with folks who've been pushed to the margins, unhoused folks, folks with severe mental illness. Um, but I'm from Canada. Mm-hmm. My very first incarnation was was in the arts. Which so. city? Toronto. Oh, cool. Yeah. You said that you were trained as a minister, but not ordained. Is that right? That's right. Uh-huh. Yes. So I have my Master's of Divinity, but I'm not ordained. It's it's possible one day in the future that I will re-engage that process. Mm-hmm. Um, Why did you decide not to become ordained? Um, for a variety of reasons. My, my path sort of took me this way. Uh, and the Gubbio Project is a really wonderful marriage of my deep faith identity mm-hmm. and sense of call towards service and justice in the world mm-hmm. and my nonprofit background and experience. And I I feel deeply called to the mm-hmm. work that I'm doing now. That's yeah. great. It seems like the Gubbio Project is really what it means to be a religious person, and sometimes that's co-opted in our modern-day society to mean something totally Absolutely. Different. Absolutely. I think the, the we are deeply rooted in Franciscan and Episcopal values mm-hmm. of um, honoring, really recognizing and seeing the divine and the, the good in whoever is in front of us mm-hmm. in the moment and that every life is worthy of respect and dignity and belonging and connection and love. Um, and that that is something I think anyone can get behind. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And how many people sleep at uh, the Gubbio Project every day? So we average about 320. Between the two churches? Between the two churches. How many are at St. Boniface? So St. John's, I believe, were about 100, Mm -hmm. 80 to 100, and St. Boniface makes up the rest Mm -hmm. of that mix. It varies depending on the weather. Of Mm -hmm. course, the weather's pretty rough right Mm -hmm. now, and so people are looking for shelter. And how long are they allowed to stay inside? Yeah, so we open our doors at 6 a.m. at both sites. Mm -hmm. We close at 2 p.m. at St. Boniface and 12 at St. John's. Mm -hmm. And are there any restrictions on, um, you know, behavior or who can come in, who can't? Right. That's that uh, is another piece of what makes us so unique is we try to be as barrier free as possible. Mm -hmm. We aren't asking folks to be sober or clean. We aren't asking them to adhere to a particular code of conduct. Mm -hmm. We welcome whoever wants to come in and take part in sacred sleep. Of course, if they are um, experiencing some challenges Mm -hmm. or behaviors that that make that impossible, then we do have sort of a community set of like covenant and and ways of being in relationship Mm -hmm. that we expect people to be a part of. But for the most part, we are as barrier-free as possible. Mm-hmm. We try to try to be as much of a, a harm reduction model as possible. Mm-hmm. We're not asking for people's ID or demographic data, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I assume they wouldn't be allowed to drink or use drugs. Inside. No, okay. no, yeah. no. That's thank you. That's really important. That <laughs> yeah. is not. Um, we 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 want to be as barrier-free as possible. But we also want it to be safe. Right. And that's a, a key piece. Of and that. how many staff do you have? So we are 10 of us at the moment. Um, we are uh, the majority of those are direct service, frontline folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's really interesting is we have a peer hiring model. So one of the principles and values of Gubbio is we believe that folks living on the streets are best served by people who have lived experience of being without shelter, of the mental health system, folks who've been incarcerated. Um, and that creates a different quality of relationship and, and community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And what is your budget, and how do you raise the money? So, um, we we are very small. I won't I won't say the specific number, but we are very small. We are <laughs> largely funded by individual donors and some very generous foundations and grants. You don't receive any city money. We do not. Okay. Yeah. And what do you hear most from homeless people about why they uh, used the Gubbio project? Uh, goodness, I have heard so many different things. The refrain that I hear most commonly is that at Gubbio, people feel safe mm-hmm. and they feel seen mm-hmm. for the full human being that they are. Mm-hmm. I also hear that sleeping one hour at Gubbio is the equivalent of sleeping five outside. I and bet. Gubbio yeah. is meeting a really crucial need. There's not a lot of places in, in the city where people can go during the day, let alone to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's 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 quiet and restorative. Mm-hmm. There's definitely places where people can go and access the services and supports that they need, but rest mm-hmm. is not really an option. Yeah. Are people able usually to fall asleep right away or do you, is it hard to make that adjustment when they've been outside? Yeah. I think it depends. I think you'd have to ask our guests. I'm going to go with you right yeah. after. <laughs> yeah. I think it really really depends. Um a lot of our folks are dealing with some serious trauma mm-hmm. and and just being in a space where they feel safe enough to actually fall asleep is a really big deal. I think when you walk through the doors of both sanctuaries and you hear the amount of snoring that's mm-hmm. happening, yeah, I think that's I've a good that. sign <laughs> that people are resting. And what do they describe to you about um, being outside overnight and mm-hmm. trying to get that sleep? What is, I mean, it's probably pretty obvious, but what is preventing mm-hmm. that from happening? Mm-hmm. No surprise, um, the streets can be violent Mm -hmm. and dangerous. Mm -hmm. People fall asleep, they can have their belongings stolen. So folks are doing whatever they can to keep themselves awake at night to protect their belongings, to protect their loved ones, Um, sometimes taking substances to keep themselves awake. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I understand there's been some bad news that the boiler at St. Boniface Mm. is broken, Mm -hmm. um, and it's a pretty drafty place anyway, but it's really cold right now. It's super cold in there, Mm -hmm. and we are in, as you know, the coldest time of year for Mm -hmm. the bay and the wettest, and that big space without heat is not great. Now, granted, it's not being outside in Mm -hmm. the rain. It's certainly better, but it's also very, very cold. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a big fix to get that fixed in that big old building. Yeah. What are they going to do? They have a plan. They do have a plan. Uh, They have found we are tenants of the church and the administrator has found the funding and it is out to bid. And hopefully, fingers crossed, it will be fixed by the new year. Mm -hmm. And what can compassionate listeners of the San Francisco City Insider podcast do to help you in the meantime? Yes, absolutely. Um, Look us up. uh, Come and volunteer. You can give. We, of course, support financial donations. But if you want to give in more um, concrete, tangible ways, we need ponchos. Our folks are getting quite wet. We need blankets. We can always use socks. And, and things that people might not think of, like cough drops, mm-hmm. razors, toiletries. But the big two at this time of year are ponchos and blankets. Okay. The word is out. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, working with the homeless population every day, what have you learned about the crisis in San Francisco? And where do you think the city's response is going right mm-hmm. or wrong? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. There is so much. Um, the scale of the need is staggering. 
we are living in the midst of a humanitarian crisis. And as we were saying earlier, it does feel as though it's a tale of two cities. Mm -hmm. This gap is increasing ever more every day. And of course, it's going to take a multifaceted, multi-layered approach to address this mm -hmm. at all levels. And of course, there's a housing shortage. And of course, we absolutely need prevention. But I sometimes wonder if one of the greatest shortages is compassion. Mm -hmm. um, and there's something profound that happens when we get proximate to people that we deem as being so radically different from us. Mm -hmm. And if people had the opportunity to be in relationship with our unhoused neighbors, I think a lot of mindsets would change. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of admiration for people that are doing work at every level, folks like Gubbio that are doing direct line service work, helping to alleviate suffering on the ground day in and day out mm -hmm. to the folks that are advocating and pushing change for policy and working at City Hall. And I think it's going to take all of us thinking about this creatively and working collaboratively to address it. Mm -hmm. I'll be right back with Shannon Izinga after this break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm back with Shannon Izinga from the Gubbio Project. I'm always struck by the fact that there are more than a thousand people on the waiting list just for a cot in a shelter yeah. every night in this incredibly rich city. And yeah. that number, every time I look, it doesn't budge. Yeah. It only seems to go up sometimes, but it, I've, I've never seen it below a thousand yeah, same. that I can remember in recent mm -hmm. months. Um, does that speak to you as well, that number, just the fact that there is literally nowhere for these people to sleep under a roof? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, it, it's astounding, the, the level of need versus what we are doing to respond to that level of need mm -hmm. it's it's out of balance it's out of whack mm -hmm. yeah if you were uh, mayor for a day what would you do oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> i am not qualified to be mayor <laughs> for a day oh my goodness i i don't know what i would do i that is a really wonderful question i i would do whatever i could to help increase compassion get people into relationship with one another in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a, a very unsatisfying answer. No, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I put you on the spot. Um, we had a big story in today's Chronicle about um, a sweep yesterday on an alley called Willow in the Tenderloin, mm -hmm. um, and uh, 40 people were moved off the streets along with their belongings, and a lot of them mm. were not offered, according to them, a place to, to sleep. What do you think of that you know, tension that City Hall is uh, struggling with between wanting to resolve these huge encampments that you know, some people are really bothered by seeing or having to right. you know, get around as they make their way through the city versus the fact that there aren't right. enough places for the people living in the encampments to go? Right. I absolutely understand the impulse and the desire to keep our streets safe and clean for all San Franciscans, for everyone. And... The sweeps are not a long-term solution mm -hmm. to that problem. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it just move, moves folks elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And certainly um, criminalizing folks that live on the street, I don't think is an answer to this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you've survived the serious questions. <laughs> and now it's time for the lightning round. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Where is your favorite place in San Francisco or... You live in the East Bay, right? So I do. I we live can in expand Oakland. this geographically if you like. Okay. Um, to get a burrito. So I, I'm actually not a big, huge burrito fan. But one <laughs> thing that I have rediscovered in working in San Francisco is my love of pupusas. Oh yes, and they're so amazing. they're so good. Um, I love La Santa Neca uh-huh. at Mission and Twenty Fourth. Yeah, I like that place. Too. They're really good. Yes. Um, what is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Um. So. This is maybe kind of a sad pick, and it's sort of peripherally set in San Francisco, more more Marin with little bits of San Francisco, is um, Beautiful Boy oh, right. with Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. Uh, just beautiful, heartbreaking film and yes. a really lovely look at addiction and, mm-hmm. and mental health. I saw that, I think, on an airplane. Yeah, yeah really good. <laughs> it's a hard-hitting movie. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, where is your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? Okay, so my house. Um, <laughs> I I have a housemate who makes what she calls potions, uh, and she's a, a a master cocktail maker of the most amazing variety. She makes a really really mean aviation. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna invite myself over. Yeah, come on over anytime. <laughs> what was your first concert? Oh my gosh. Uh, I think it was Collective Soul. Okay. When I was like 13 in Canada, where I grew up. Nice. I think. What was the last book you read? Oh, I just finished The Overstory by Richard Powers. It won mm. the Pulitzer in 2018. It is so good. It will change the way that you think about trees and the sentience of plant life. Hmm. Really good. <laughs> I wasn't anticipating that. Yeah. <laughs> change the way you think about trees. Absolutely. <laughs> Giving money to panhandlers, good idea or bad? I think it's a personal choice. I think it really depends. I usually do not mm-hmm. give money to panhandlers. I make a very intentional choice about um, where my donation dollars are going to go to the organizations that I really believe in and mm-hmm. support um, that are looking to, to make real substantial changes to people's lived experience. Mm-hmm. What is one thing average San Franciscans can do to help address the homeless crisis? Right. First thing, educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Your work, Heather, is great in the Chronicle. Thank it's a you. really easy way in for people. Um, and there's a lot of other great resources where people can educate themselves about what is actually happening with our unhoused guests on the streets. Um, also, volunteer. Mm-hmm. You know, take time to go and get in relationship with people, mm-hmm. even if it feels like a stretch or it might be a little bit scary or it brings you mm-hmm. into a neighborhood that you're not super confident being in, mm-hmm. there is something really important and transformative that happens when we go and spend time in community, in relationship with people. Uh, can people volunteer with your organization? Absolutely. You can come and volunteer with Gubio, and we would love that. And use your your access to resources, whether that is your time or your finances uh, or other expertise to support organizations that are doing this really important work. Mm-hmm. And if people want to donate to you or volunteer, how would they go about doing that. Absolutely. They can go to our website, which is uh, thegubioproject.org, and that is G-U-B-B-I-O project.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and on there, they can donate, and they can also get in touch with our volunteer coordinator. 
they can pop down to one of our sites at St. Boniface or St. John's, mm-hmm. and I'd be happy. Can to people do. just walk in? That we we generally don't encourage people to mm-hmm. just show up and walk in, but if people wanted to come down and meet with me, mm-hmm. I would be happy to to give folks a little bit of an intro to to what we do. And they can arrange that on the website. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what does Gubio mean? Yes, I was hoping you'd ask. <laughs> yes, I was hoping you'd ask. So Gubio is named after a town in Italy where St. Francis is reported to have mediated a truce between townspeople and a wolf. There was all kinds of conflict and hostility between the townspeople and the wolf, fighting over resources and space. And St. Francis went in and through communication, through building relationship, through creating mutual understanding, uh, he mediated a truce. And that is similar to how Gubbio Project here in the Tenderloin and the mission got started. Building opportunities for people to come into relationship with one another, our housed and unhoused uh, neighbors, and through building relationship and community, understanding one another, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, creating opportunities for transformation and, and change. And on the subject of sleep, how many hours do you need each night? Oh my goodness. I I am a power sleeper. Like I could sleep <laughs> ten. <laughs> I don't I like doing that occasionally. Yeah. It's hard, but I try to get eight. Yeah. Do you think you could sleep on a church pew? Or have you when you're tired during the workday? <laughs> I have not slept on a church pew and I often wonder um if I could. I think if I was living on the streets, yeah. Mm-hmm. And lastly, what is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Mm, there are several things that I have to do every morning. I meditate and I write and I have a prayer practice. Oh, what yeah. do you write about? Oh, reflections, mm-hmm. all different kinds of things, poetry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, it was so fun to talk to you. Thanks Thank you for coming. so much. Thank you. Thank you to Shannon Izinga for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.